Welcome back to Unemployed. It's the podcast you love, you learn, you you dream about, you know. Um, I'm Anna Roisman. I'm here with Ellen Burke. Ellen, sporting those bangs today, loving them, loving them. I'm growing them out. I decided as soon as I got them, I didn't like them. So I'm getting rid of them as soon as possible. The story of me anytime I've ever cut bangs in my life. I was like, well, that was fun. I will never trim these or get them again. Uh. Yeah, that's the curse of bangs. You think they look so cool and then you get them and you're like, fuck. But I had them yeah. for like 10 years. That's funny. That's yeah. funny that you're already over them. Um, how are you? How's work? How's your life? Listen, I'm a little bit beat up right now because... So I didn't tell you the other day, but over the weekend, I like slipped and fell in the street because it was raining and like my shoes didn't have any traction. So I like fell really hard on my hands. So I have like bruises on my hands. Oh, God. Um, You're literally beat up. I thought you were going to be like work is just, you know, (laughs) heavy load this week. I didn't know what you were going to say. Up. Oh, and then today, I'm sorry. My cat scratched me on my face, on my nose, and like right here. You can't see it on wow. Zoom, but I was like, she was like, "Let me finish this job off bitch. for you." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear That's this. Okay. I'm. I'll heal. You know. Yeah. Please rest, heal, take all the time you need. You know. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a Monday when this podcast comes out, but you know, worse. Thing possible to happen to me on a Monday, getting yes. scratched in the face by a cat. Yeah, I hate Mondays. I was just saying that. You know, we're recording this on a Monday. If you didn't catch on yet, uh, but yeah, I hate a gray Monday. Like Mondays should be required sun. Do you know what I mean? Especially in New York, like when you're not employed. Like Mondays are my lightest mm-hmm. day of work. I always get like. I always like procrastinate all day. I always try and plan all these things I want to do. And I did some stuff. I shouldn't, you know, totally beat myself up. (laughs) But I literally just like was in workout clothes until five o'clock. And then I was like, all right, now I'll work out. Like 10 a.m. was when I was going to work out. I did 40,000 other things that I didn't even need to do. You know what I mean? But I just Mm -hmm. like kept pushing it off. See, that's why I need to start waking up at 5 a.m. Both of us. Oh, God. 5 a.m. That gives me like panic then attack. Be millionaires, right? Because I've seen that on Twitter a lot. It's like, do you think <laughs> Kanye West wakes up at 10 a.m.? No, that's definitely why he's not a millionaire. Do you think but. we should try it? Should we do like a social experiment for an entire week? We wake up at 5 a.m., check in with each other. I will literally go back to sleep. I'd be like, I'm up. I'm ready to be a millionaire. And then I will pass out until like 11. Yeah, no, this sounds horrible. I don't want to wake up at 5 a.m. No. Mm-mm. Not Mm-mm. even for a fun experiment. No. I always tell you how hard I uh, of a time I have with 9 to 5, let alone 5 till God knows when I'll go to bed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't nap. So do those 5, that's the thing. Do the 5 a.m.ers, do they go to bed early? Do they nap? They probably go to bed early. They probably go to bed at like 8 p.m., 9 p.m., which is mm. freakish. Yeah, that is that's before I eat dinner most nights. <laughs> that's the time that children go to sleep in yeah. my eyes. <laughs> um, Ellen, I wanted to tell you one thing. So speaking of Twitter, you know, where we get all of our information, news, you know, life advice. I, I put out on Twitter, what's the weirdest job you've had? And we've gotten so many fun responses. I really want to do just a weird jobs episode. So if you mm-hmm. are listening and you have had a very weird job, 
could be anything. We've gotten all over the map. Like there's random stuff. If you have had a job you consider weird, uh, yo, shoot me a DM on Twitter, you know, at unemployed podcast, or you could email us at email us at the unemployed team at gmail.com. Um, we want to hear it. We want to hear it. And we want to put together a big episode of everybody's weird jobs. Maybe it'll be two episodes. Who the hell knows? Everyone's done weird shit for money, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm inspired. I'm inspired because, you know, crazy times calls for uh, weird, crazy measures. Oh, you know what? A, a weird job I thought of. I don't remember if I told you this or not, but a that weird you job I had. Would, like it was a gig. I don't know if I call it a job, but it was, um, you know, those toys that are like balls that roll around on the ground and they have like that little ferret that's attached to them. <laughs> Maybe. Is this it's a cat like, toy? It might be a cat toy or <laughs> some sort of just weird toy. I thought you were going to stop after, you know, those balls that roll on the ground. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've played with a ball <laughs> yeah, in my balls. day. Many balls in my uh, day. When I think I was uh, either, I was, it was probably like my last year of high school or first year of college. I got a gig like putting those together. Wow. Yeah. She's a toy manufacturer. Yes. Oh, you should put that on your resume, you know? I should. Just as a talking point. I used to always think about that. We'll talk about that on the episode. But like, you know, a weird job is a fun talking point in an interview, on a date, you know, on a Mm -hmm. podcast. So like, I don't know. I think sometimes it's worth it for the story, for the history. I love it. I love that you did this. I'm going to have to look these up afterwards so I can say I I saw it. I saw your work, you know. <laughs> you no, know, the ferret. It's attached to the balls that roll around. Sure. Yeah. I. You know, I, I hear it and I kind of see it, but I don't. I've never had a cat. I'm going to hook you up. I'll show you. All right. Cool. Um, I'm so excited for our episode today. She's another like friend through work, but we've never met in person, but we have seen each other over the internet, which is actually crazy. She is so funny. She is a host, comedian, actress. You might've seen her show on Fuse Struggle Gourmet. Very cool. We've got Dariani Santana with us today. Hi. Hello. Um, I totally didn't realize. Yeah, we've never met in real life. No, I know because <laughs> we worked together like three years ago and never, and it was all virtual. Yeah, that and like I feel like once I follow someone on socials and like if we if you went in my DMs a couple times and I've commented like we we know each other. I know. I feel the same way. It, it, but it's funny to like I met some people from Airtime, the job that we worked together. Yeah. By the for, way, you still work there. That's I do. Crazy. I love them. I love them. They are amazing to work for. You should come do my show sometime. I'm still doing shows for them. I mean, sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah, but we did this like pop culture show, right? And like back in the day where we would all like come on and do like funny takes about, you know, I don't know, the Kardashians or whatever we were was in the news that day and uh, pre-pandemic virtual shows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was actually I was actually really excited when they reached out to me because it, they reached out to me the week that I moved to LA. Oh, no way. Like, A job. I'll take it. Yeah, that's so it was, cool. Yes, it was quite ideal at that time for sure. Yeah. So how have you been? I feel like I have followed you. So you seem to be doing well. But I want to know how has your pandemic been, you know, job wise, career wise, etc. So as far as pandemics go, I have had a I've had a pretty good pandemic, and I hate saying that. I'm I know guilt when I say that. <laughs> um, but it's been. But great. also, God like, bless. You know. Yeah, like so. I mean, well, on like a 
like a bit, you know, work-wise for me, you know, I booked Struggle Gourmet, which is my first ever network show. So that was like dope. I shot it in um, September. Oh my God. We don't even know how they let me do that. You know, we were still, I don't even, the vaccine wasn't even out. Um, and I also, I, so I co-own a restaurant in Jersey with my family. Mm-hmm. Our restaurant has done better than it ever has. Really? Like, hmm. Restaurant is thriving since, yeah, the pandemic has been the best thing to ever happen to my restaurant. So I'm did, super, super grateful for that. Did you guys do like takeout and to go before the pandemic? We did, but not like the pandemic. We really like pushed like, you know, Uber Eats and Grubhub and DoorDash and all the things. So yeah. Yeah. So that's been really good. And like, also, I don't know. I'm just one of those people that I just literally make the best out of everything. I think it's, I think it's like being Cuban. It's like, I've always just like, well, I could be in communist Cuba. So it's like nice. You know, you always keep it in check. You're, you're very good at finding the silver lining. Yeah. I think that's like a, it's like a daughter of immigrants guilt thing. I was actually listening to a Ted talk on it this morning where it's like, you know, I was going to complain. And then I remembered that I have access to Wi-Fi running water and that red meat isn't sold on the black market here. So, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. my life is constantly (laughs) being put in perspective. So I, I can't, I, it's hard for me to complain. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad. That's why I have you here. You bring the good energy. You're bringing good vibes. You know, you're teaching because we talk to a lot of people about, you know, being unemployed, losing jobs, whatnot. How how do you stay sane? And you you always find the silver lining. I even see it on your Instagram. I'm going to call you out here and say, I have seen you be like shitty day. We all have a shitty day. I need soup. <laughs> and then you'll make a pot of soup because it'll make you happier. And I'm yeah. like, wow, well, she is I think me. The perfect example of silver lining in my Instagram is my DMs of the week segment. Not yes. sure if you've ever seen that. I have. I have. Uh, Will you explain it to the listeners what it is? I would love to. So I have a DMs <laughs> of the week segment I'm actually shooting right after this um, where I um, – because I get – I can really – kind of awful DMs. They're like often <laughs> disgusting and presumptuous and like mm-hmm. really great stuff. And I could look at them and be like, you're a horrible person. But instead I take them and I review them and I share them with the world and people fucking love them. I love so, it. You know, it's like being resourceful. I, I I try and be resourceful. It's like mean tweets, but you know, we're not like Tom Cruise reading the bullshit someone put on Twitter. It's like, oh no, every girl can relate to this because nasty people will write shit in your comments, in your DMs. For sure. And I'm, and I'm even nice about it. Like I cross out their names and their social media so that people don't like bombard them or embarrass them. I'm like, if you want to be disgusting and be, you know, it, it is yeah. what it is. You know, I'm if not- you ever have a guest star, I uh, a guest on, I guess a guest star. Uh, <laughs> I had a guy who any picture I ever posted, he would Photoshop a dick going into my mouth. And <laughs> at first I blocked him, but then I was like, there's something hilarious about That's like amazing. I at this point I could put like a book together of like it's literally like me, like you know, sweaty or me, any, any story, anything. He'll like screenshot it and like put a dick going into my mouth. And I'm like, That's the thing. If you could Instagram, I might add him in, in hope he does that to me because I mean, the only guest I've ever had is my dad. I've, I've done the DMs of the week with my dad. That sounds really comfortable. But what's funny is I, I thought what everyone else thought, like my dad is going to read these DMs and be upset and disgusted and be like, no, my dog. My dad didn't give a shit. He did not give a shit. He was laughing. He was like cheering them on. I'm like, no, this is not the right reaction. Yeah. Question our dynamic now. 
<laughs> my mom did text me. I, I've talked about this recently. My mom texted me like a month ago and goes, what's a DM? And I go, why? <laughs> she was like, because everyone always writes like DM me, send me a DM. What's a DM? And I said, mom, it's like a text on Instagram or Twitter. She doesn't have Twitter. And she was like, oh, OK. And so I screenshot it and I put it on my story and I said, yo, everyone DM my mom some nudes <laughs> right now. Let her introduce her to the culture. You know what I mean? Aww, <laughs> Bring her mind, in. <laughs> mind you, I'll post a picture of me and my friend and my mom will DM me like <laughs> my mom will DM me and be like, be beautiful. And I'm like, mom, she can't see it. Like you're every time you reply to my story, it's just for me. But every single time she tries to communicate with other people via my story. But I love it. I love it. Moms are very funny on social media. I mean, what they get and what they don't get. I see your mom all the time. You put your parents on social media when you're home. They're so cute. Thank you. They're yeah, they don't give a shit. Like they're not they're not like my mom is the best. Like I'll literally post it. She has no makeup. That's a given. But the woman never wears a bra like she doesn't she doesn't care she really doesn't care and i i really aspire to be like that I, yeah the older i get the less i care you yeah, know what oh, i mean 100 and the more pandemic we have the less i care i think <laughs> i'm like a bra oh yeah i can last in a bra like two hours max now at this point in a day otherwise it's like come on we went how many months sitting at home no it's crazy it's crazy all right I want to take it back to your employment history so I like to start uh I feel like I can probably guess if your family owns restaurants but like I like to take it back to like teenage Dariani did you know you wanted to be an actress like when you were younger what was like what was the goal when you were young? So I always knew I was going to be in the industry. I always knew I wasn't going to have a regular job. Like I remember mm-hmm. being in middle school and saying, I'm not going to have a regular job. I didn't really know what that even meant, but I just <laughs> knew it. Um, but it's funny. I never, oh, well, that's a lie. I, okay. So I only had two jobs that were like, I guess, regular. So okay. my first was when I got into college, I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch, which I feel like is like nine out of, Wow. One out of three girls' first jobs. Awful. No, but when you say that, we think model. Were you a model Mm -hmm. for Abercrombie Mm -hmm. & Fitch? Because we've had people on the podcast who've worked for Abercrombie, but they were demoted to folder because they weren't. No, um, unfortunately, I'm just looking. So I was a model (laughs) at Abercrombie. (laughs) Um, Yes. Which is so, it's it's just a horrible company because (laughs) I would just, it's just, Awful. It's, I don't even want to talk about it because, I don't know, yeah, cancel me. I don't care. I, at this point, I'm ex- I want to get canceled. I want to get it out of the way. But if you know how Abercrombie and Fitch works, if you are aesthetically pleasing, you're put at the front of the store. You're right. Right. It's like for the further back in the store, the 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 scary, the uglier the people get, according to Abercrombie, right? Is that their yes. that was their plan yes. of merchandising yes. their employees? That's awful. Yes, and but and what's fucked up is like I thought it was okay because they would also sell this idea of like you could be discovered, right? right? Like if you're a model here, like you could be discovered to be an Abercrombie and Fitch model because you know I'm definitely going to be discovered as an Abercrombie and Fitch model at the Jersey Gardens outlet mall in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Like that, the plausibility of that is just The amazing. talent scouts come from New York City and they look for these 
beautiful Jersey born, you know? Yeah. That didn't people. last long at all because I was not well and because um, of what I looked like, I was a greeter. And I guess a greeter. Oh, yeah. I, I believe, I believe the script was, hey, what's up? <laughs> that's it bro and you can't divert from that because dip, let me let me talk to the people you know like let me hey how you doing no it was hey what's up and that's it hey what's up and shut your mouth god forbid you're like hey oh my god good to see you you know someone uh-uh they're like dariani uh we don't go off script here at abercrombie and fitch okay this is a corporate and fitch you had to smell like Abercrombie and Fitch. And you had to, <laughs> like you had to smell like it. <gasps> so that didn't last long. Um, then after that, I worked at a restaurant for one day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. It was just too high stress. One day. One day. Not even one thing. I lasted like three hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not cut out for hard work. And that's just that's just the truth. I'm not cut out for it. We'll get to how I opened a restaurant later. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Does everyone so, who works for you know that one day oh, stint? The world, I'm the world's worst waitress. I can't hold more than one plate at a time, so don't even think about it. Yeah. Um, and I get really bad anxiety. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I worked at a restaurant for one day. It was like a dessert. It was like a kind of fancy, so I had to like assemble the desserts, which I guess I, I, if I remember correctly, I had to like I don't know, maybe brulee something. I don't even fucking. Oh know. wow, that's a lot more than what a waiter should have to do, like to, to fire oh, up. It wasn't a dessert. even a waiter. It was just like a dessert thing. So yeah, that was a day, and then I also worked a day at a telemarketing thing. I just remember that my best friend was like, "Come, no, no, no." And I also worked one day as a bottle girl. So I've, I've had, yeah. I don't, you've had one day, you've dipped your toe in all these different industries for one day. And you're like, not for me. Bye-bye. But no, but you know what stuck? What and stuck? You, you know, this, this hustle. So this, this job that I'm going to tell you, which will be near and dear to your heart, is what I did from college to pretty much right before I left LA. It is a job that I am grateful for. It paid me well. It was all right. I was a dancer at Bar Mitzvahs. No way. Ma'am. I love it. I yes, love it. That's so fun. Yeah. Well, sometimes. <laughs> I got stories. I got, what kind of dancing? Oh, oh, like the dancers. That's always the question. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's, if you, don't, you either know or you don't know. People I didn't know there were like dancers at bar mitzvahs. Oh, like, what are you talking about? You think people just get up and dance on their own? No, no, no. no. They need they need people to take them onto the dance floor and show them the moves oh, and really? make them feel oh, like they sad. are part of a music video, you know, yeah. and, and, and there's certain dances that are like trendy and like, oh, my God. Oh. Like yes, okay. I've heard bar, stories of like party people. eaters. Yeah. Did right. you ever see like Key and Peel did a sketch about like bar mitzvah dancers that was like really funny? Anyway, yeah, I've seen that. But okay. So my, well, for the record, when I did my first one, I was confused because I'm Cuban. We, we really don't need much to get us dancing. We really <laughs> got to tap on a drum <laughs> with me. Yeah. We don't need much. So conceptually, it was very confusing. But yeah, so and it, it was very different. Per I say bar mitzvah genres, right? Because right. like there was like more like conservative Jersey ones. Then there's like the outlandish, crazy budget Long Island Jews. You got <laughs> like really cool New York Jews. Um, I also, I for a long time, I did Persian Jewish bar mitzvahs. And wow, now, 
whole other world because A, they're Persian and B, nobody gives a shit about the kids in Persian bar mitzvahs. They're in another room. For that one, we're dancing with the adults. That's wild. They put, that's interesting that the kids are in another room and the dancers are only in the room with the adults. <laughs> well, we would like go into the kids' room and like throw them glow sticks and then come back and be with the adults. <laughs> yeah. I love those though because I love Persian food. So I would <gasps> off my fucking face of Persian food. I was going to say, all these sound like I grew up in, in Philadelphia, but I grew okay. up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I've done, I've done apartments was in Philly. Oh my God. Yeah, we grew up in like, I, my mom's from Long Island, but she like, you know, once she left, she's like, I'll never go back to Long Island. I never want to raise my family on Long Island. So she chose the fucking Long Island of Philadelphia. You know what I mean? I'm like, mom, kids at this school still drive Audis, you know, even though it's a public school. Like everybody had a lot of people had money. We were very normal. I'd say all of my friends who I grew up with, not all, but like a lot of them were like much more well off. And so bar mitzvahs were like insane in our area everyone had a theme everyone had you know the dancers and the band and the dj and the like you know fucking i don't know crispy cream truck at the end of the night at like 2 a.m before you go home these were weddings like i don't think i'll oh, ever have oh. mm-hmm. a easily. wedding yeah easily a wedding easily a wedding um <laughs> i mean when i say i have stories like i've done the cupid shuffle with judge judy because <laughs> i danced at judge judy's grandson's bar mitzvah Oh my god. The venue was Yankee Stadium. Oh my Stop. god. The venue is Yankee Stadium. Yeah, like the kids montage, you know, in the middle of a bar mitzvah, <laughs> they do uh they do a montage, all the kids, you know, it's, it's yeah. the pictures, whatever. The montage was on the big screen at Yankee Stadium. We had to all go outside. Oh, and Robinson Cano was there signing autographs. Yeah. <laughs> I and love this so awesome. much. That's such a fun job. It's like you get paid to party. Pretty and a lot of times I had fun. The good thing is, is fellow bar mitzvah dancers are usually fun as shit because they're just like fun people. Um, right. Towards the end, I couldn't do it anymore, um, especially if like kids were so entitled because one of my biggest pet peeves is when people don't say thank you. Yeah. Mm. If I give you a fucking giveaway, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so at the end it was, you know, after years, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Yeah. But I mean, I had so many fun, so many fun bar mitzvahs, so many just, Things that I'm just like. Was Yankee Stadium the craziest one? I'm fascinated by this. Were there um, any like crazy themes that you were like, I will never forget the theme of this bar mitzvah? Um, the, the Yankee Stadium was crazy. Um, I also did one. It was, I believe it was the, it was like the grandson of like one of like those like <laughs> security companies like that everybody has. But anyway, they were, you know, fucking loaded. The budget was a million dollars. Holy shit. We're giving away iPads. What? <laughs> As yeah. like a toy, like everyone grab an iPad. No, it was it was it was fucking sick. It was. Fucking oh my amazing. god! I, I did one where Nelly performed. Oh my god! Wow! Did you get yeah. to dance with Nelly? Yeah, like literally. That's cool. Like it was Nelly. You know. sh- Nelly was my favorite on Dancing with the Stars. I Jesus. hardcore watched that. He was awesome. Oh, Wait. I should. I didn't watch that. I fucking love Nelly. I like never watched Dancing with the Stars, and you know the pandemic turns you on to new TV shows, and I was like hooked. And every week, I'm like Nelly. Like I was like a huge fan. No, I, I remember seeing pictures of him. He's he's just so charismatic. He's so cute. I love that. I love that you went to all these bar mitzvahs for so many years. Like every Saturday night, you were working probably, right? Every every Saturday. Every and some Sundays. Sometimes I would do and sometimes I would do doubles, which is a day party followed by a night party. Oh my God. Whoa. That's which a lot. Fucking crazy. And I would do some, I, I would do some, like I would do my first day party would be in Jersey, and then I have to drive all the way to Long Island. Like, 
<laughs> did the families just like recommend you? No, there's so there's DJ com- there's companies, right? So DJ they started company. more conservative. It was just like a DJ company of dancers. But then I started working for like some of the really high end ones. And it was the DJs, the dancers, the, the lighting, the production, the oh my God, there was this one um, I guess we'll call him, he's like a party planner, right? And we okay. knew his parties, we knew we had to be on our shit and we knew it was a big budget. And he was like this like just stereotypical, like flamboyant gay, like just like mastermind of decor and he would have the fucking craziest decor like i remember I walked into a fucking bar mitzvah once there was like these giant statuesque horses and like, <laughs> and like versace plates like just like what? craziest fucking shit and the kid turned 13 and yeah. the kid doesn't care i was i'd be like are you excited and he'd be like yeah like, <laughs> why man. hasn't there been a my super sweet 16 show for bar mitzvahs bro i don't know why there hasn't been a show for bar mitzvahs probably because of like ndas and like i would get sued in five minutes when i started talking about some of the shit i experienced i want to produce this show you could we oh. should pitch this show because the amount of insane shit like at bar mitzvahs that i've seen and ones that go like all night long like and they're they're insi- they're crazy. That's super sweet sixteen shot. That's like what I would think of. I was like, oh, they're like bar mitzvahs, like because I was young when it was out or whatever. Of course, no. I mean, and there's never ending, especially for me because I would do like I said, kind of more conservative, lower budget in Jersey, and then like trendy ones in New York, and then yeah. like the Long Island ones were always the craziest. Crazy, yeah. And I had camp friends sure. in Long Island, and I just remember theirs were like another level than Philadelphia. We were like, whoa. Oh Oh my God, you had cam friends. So did the cam friends get a candle? Because the yes, cam-, cam friends always get a candle. Oh, and I, you know what I can't wait for? Give me two years until I'm so famous and all of these kids start posting pictures like she was at my bar mitzvah because yes. I was also the girl who would hold the candle. Mm. You so know, you're like, in like everyone's albums. <laughs> every album. Well, actually, okay, last bar mitzvah story. Two, two New Year's ago. Yeah, I was in Miami and I was walking into the Fountain Blue. Because there was like a, there was, it was New Year's. Because so you're like, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because there's no way to say that and fucking not sound like a stuck up cunt. Uh, anyway, no. so I'm walking into the Fountain Blue. And you know, it's, there's people everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And I felt in my gut I was going to run into somebody from a bar mitzvah. Because I just looked around and I'm like, I know y'all motherfuckers come here for the oh, holiday. No. <laughs> Bro, I'm walking to the back and I hear, oh, Dariani? And it's this kid and I did he go and I'm like I was so excited to see him and he go he's sitting next to this girl and he's like this is Dariani she danced at my bar mitzvah and I like gave him a hug and I was just so excited to see him because he was he was actually my favorite he was my favorite oh that's cute for all the people who didn't say no to you giving them a fucking glow stick this kid remembered you and brought you over to introduce you to the friends oh, no, he was and- so excited he's like this is Dariani she danced at my bar mitzvah and she's like you know I um, love that. You'll love this. Um, Justin Guarini was a bar mitzvah. I think he sang in like bar mitzvah, like bands and stuff in my area, like for, in Philadelphia. And when he was on American Idol, when he made it to like the top of American mm-hmm. Idol, everyone was like, oh, we didn't have Instagram. We didn't, you know, post on social media. Sure. People would like talk about it. They'd be like, yeah, he sang at my bar mitzvah. Like he, you know, now he's famous. Now they're like, yeah, he was at mine. He was at my party too. It's really cool. <laughs> I hope he wins. Well, he had a dance at bar, danced at bar mitzvahs. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, I think there's probably like a whole like there's definitely a bunch of of us. We should all get together. Yeah. And, and talk about it because 
we, we all have, st- oh man, oh my God, the stories I have are like, I want more. I love it. I love it because I lived it. Like I get it. And all my friends, I had friends who did it. My friend Katie did it forever. Like she's a comedian. I don't know if you know Katie Haller, but she always talks about her bar mitzvah days and dancing. It was always- you had to wear all black, right? You always had to wear like a, like a hot black top and like well, sneakers. I, mean, I can't, <laughs> well, actually, as we speak, these are probably bar mitzvah socks. Yes. You know, okay, you, the Jews get it. Uh, so you would also give out socks to the kids because they're dancing, right? So you don't want to wear heels. So mm-hmm. all of my socks for at least a decade were bar mitzvah. I would, I, you wouldn't buy socks. Were bar mitzvah <laughs> socks. We're like mm-hmm. colorful socks. I have a pair with holes that my boyfriend, I wore like recently, they're really thick and they're like warm and they're nice. Okay. But these are like ancient. So they have holes in them, but I still have them. And Jared's like, I'm sitting on the couch. He goes, why do your socks say I danced my feet off at Danielle's bat mitzvah? Good. Good. Yeah. Or I can't even tell you, I had to get rid of them. How many shirts I have that say Danielle's bat mitzvah or like, like a milk. Cause those are the shirts the dancers would wear. Yeah. I love making fun of it, but I'm not going to lie. I had one of these parties when I was 13. Um, But you'll love this. I remember my, I played the saxophone. Like I still have it. And I played it like all through, I was like a band geek and I played it all through high school. And so my parents were like, it'd be so cool if you played a song on your saxophone at your bat mitzvah. And I'm in like a strapless dress. I had boob pads sewn into it because I had no boobs. And I was like, I'm going to look hot at my bat mitzvah. And, uh, And throughout the night, my mom's like, okay, it's almost time for your saxophone performance. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to play anymore. And we had a huge falling out. We had a huge fight in the middle of the, like, there's where I was like, I look too good to pick up my saxophone. I'm wearing a necklace. What do you want me to put my strap on and just hold it against my dress? I was like, no way. Okay. It's my night, bitch. And I like planned this whole thing to like quit that night. I was like, I'm not doing it. Wow. That, and I'm getting like residual anxiety from that story because (laughs) I know how stressful that was for your mom, for everyone involved. Even the party planner was like, this is the time that she plays the sax. What are we going to do instead? I guess we're going to have to move up the ice cream bar. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. Oh my God. My parents almost got divorced the night before my bat mitzvah. We, we cried. We thought they were getting, they were splitting up because my mom lied about something about what she spent. And my dad's like fucking opening bills the night before the bar mit- bat mitzvah. And we, they got in a huge fight and my dad left and we didn't see him until synagogue the next morning. And we were like, we were like, oh my God, everyone's coming into town. Like all of our friends and family will be there. And like, that's it. That's the end of their marriage. Cause mom spent all his money. <laughs> it was I so hear, bad. That's gotta be a common, that's gotta be a common thing. <laughs> Probably because man, a lot of money is spent, man. Yeah. That was what I was going to ask at these huge ones in Long Island. Did they like, did you get tipped big on these like fancy million dollar budget parties or was it like you got a higher rate? Uh, no, the rate was pretty much the same, but literally it would, it's the tip was usually between 50 and hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you would be surprised. Like sometimes the bigger party wouldn't tip as much and like, like humble party would, you know, there's, it, if you're handing not. out a fucking iPad, give you $500. Are you kidding me? I know. It's 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 crazy. It's so, it's so, so crazy. But overall, honestly, I'm super grateful for it because when people were, you know, in college and they were like, you know, working really shitty jobs and barely making money, I was make. there was weeks that I would eat. If I did like a triple, I was pulling in close to $1,000 a week. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Plus you're like- at these like fun venues. You literally have to get up and dance. You're not, you know... 
selling french fries (laughs) yeah it's like working out too and off my sister and i did it together a lot of times too so that was that was always fun that's fun so you did it high school through college no i started i started when i was like 18 so pretty much college until i would say until i was like 27 so yeah i did did it for a really really long time and i was like so in like the persian community i was like a staple like it was like, we want Dariani at our bar mitzvah. Oh my God, like, I love this. Yeah, like, they were like, she's great. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to yeah. get a call one day. They're going to be like, they're going to be like, hey, our last child is getting bar mitzvah. Yeah. Like, are you, could you, could we fly you in? Are you available at all? Like, yeah, uh. yeah. I was, I was like a staple in the Persian community, which is just so funny, bro. That's funny to say, like in the bar and bat mitzvah community, the Persian community, it's so fun. Yeah. The Persian Jew community. That's such a yeah. specific like Long Island community yeah, Long too. Long Island per- Persian Jew. Shout out, shout out to, uh, oh my God, where these people live. My cousins live in Great Neck. I was going to say Great, Great Neck. Neck. It's totally <laughs> Great Neck. Yep. Yeah. My mom's from Roslyn too, which is like. Oh, oh my God, Roslyn. Oh dear. Yeah. Roslyn. Yeah, we never go back. Yeah, don't. Um, <laughs> oh, Roslyn just gave me anxiety. No, no. <laughs> oh You're a staple there. Don't tell them it makes oh you anxious. God. I haven't said that word or thought about that place in a long time. Oh I know, I know, a, I know a, a country club or two in the Roslyn area. Oh yeah, Glen Oaks. Glen Oaks Country Club. Dear God, I'm getting anxiety. <laughs> you probably danced. No, you're too young. My cousin's bar mit- bat mitzvahs were at Glen Oaks. They were those kinds of parties. I've, I've been there before. And their weddings were there. Oh, my God. I've been there. So, I'm the caterer. <laughs> that's so funny. They, i got to say, Glen Oaks, for as obnoxious as those parties are, good fucking food there. I, great, I've always had great food. <laughs> great food. Great food. The worst was, and this didn't happen very often, but the worst is when they were like, you can eat from the kids' food. And I was just like, you're wrong for that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting Peking duck and a lobster roll. Fuck off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> kids' food is the actual worst. Like it doesn't matter. If it, it doesn't matter if the budget is two million dollars. The kids are still going to get the world's shittiest penne vodka, shittiest uh, chicken fingers. Shitty, yep, shittiest. What's funny is my dad would still go there and probably make a make a plate, you know, just to have. Oh no, I would see it all the time. There would yeah. be adults. I'm like, if you don't sit down and eat your damn filet mignon, why the hell are you over here eating this shitty ass pizza? <laughs> it's a cold pizza. <laughs> oh my god. So how did it end? When were you like? I'm retiring. I'm retiring. Well, well, I moved to LA when I was 28. But before that, I was just like, for my mental health, I can't do this anymore. And I knew I was a, I knew it was at my wits end because I showed up to a bar mitzvah with my sister. And the second I walked in, I was annoyed. Like I was just like, <laughs> kids, I know these kids are, I just, I know it. I had that. Their energy is, yeah. they're, they're giving me real entitled. So we're, in cocktail, we're in cocktail hour because besides dancing apartment, so we had to mingle in cocktail hour, which mm-hmm. um, pulling teeth, far more enjoyable. Um, and this kid slaps my ass. <gasps> no. Oh, yes. Oh my God. And I slapped the living shit out of him. My sister started chasing him. It was a whole, and then after that day, I was just like, yeah, I, 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 I can't do this. I'm like, because I'm walking into this and it's no longer like fun and I don't care. I'm now, I hate, 
everybody. I bet the dads were always disgusting too. I feel like dads at a bar mitzvah were like, I'm here for the dancers. Like, cause everyone's hot who like dances, you know? Well, and it's- I'll tell you right now, I would love to see after the Me Too movement, I would love to see right? the shift in how dancers are treated now. Mm-hmm. Cause I a hundred percent had to deal with some bullshit. Yeah. And, and not just the women, the men too. Yeah. My boy Chiname, this beautiful, beautiful, tall Greek statue looking black dude. Just, just like, God, he's, he's fucking perfect. Yeah. I can't even tell you how many times he was sexually assaulted. Uh, uh, yeah. Cause these old women, they, they're fucking, they're the women and the men. This is the time they're in hot. They're dressed up. They don't, they're drinking. They don't have to be with their partners anymore. They're like, I could dance with a dancer all night. You know, I see it. Yeah. I saw it. Oh, yeah. so I wish I Gross. wish I in like a post me Too world. Cause I think mm-hmm. that would have been way chiller. Yeah. You said it too. They're, they're getting trashed. They're drinking. Ugh. They just start saying shit. And I'm just like, sir, grab a fucking glow stick and keep it moving. Right. Oh my God. So crazy. Oh, okay. So you retired from after that bar mitzvah. You were like, I'm done. I'm moving to LA. I'm not going to dance at bar mitzvahs anymore. Yes. And when was like, when did you decide to move to LA? Were you in New York? Were you living in New York? Were you in, well, I was at in home? Jersey? I lived, okay. I lived with my family until I was 28, which sounds crazy, but if you're Cuban, it's not. <laughs> if I had to move back now, they'd be like, oh my God, come. It's fine. I'm very jealous of those kinds of families. My oh. parents would never. Really? Are you guys one of those like, you're 18, hit the road? Oh, my parents sold the house while I was in college and didn't even tell my brother and me. This is trauma. Ellen, don't you hear this trauma all the time? They didn't tell my brother mm-hmm. and me. It's and insane. I can't believe those photos that you have where they, you're like taking your baby pictures out of a dumpster. <laughs> True. And they, they got a two bedroom apartment in the city. And we were like, you have three kids. Like, isn't that rude? What if we come home for a holiday? My dad's like, are you kidding? I'd rather spend the money on like a hotel room for a weekend than like once, twice a year than like have a big house where you guys can actually like show up and like stay at. <laughs> that is so crazy. My parents are now selling their house literally next month. Um, but no, I lived there until I was 28 and my sister moved right after I did. But it was very like, <laughs> want to leave you know but you don't you don't have to yeah that's very typical of cuban families though it yeah. really it really is like no just no mama stay yeah so- i feel like italian families too a lot of like we've talked to people who are like yeah my parents were like they'll still let me come home if i want pandemic oh my god oh pandemic every day you, you don't want to come you sure you don't want to come <laughs> if i would have been like hey i'm gonna just take this year off and li- okay We'll book the flight for you. All okay. right. I'm already, I'm already cooking your dinner for you. Heightlands, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I will say when I go home for like a weekend, I'm going next weekend, my mom will be like, what kind of cereal do you like again? I'm like, mom, I'm probably not going to like sit around and eat cereal, you know, but Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs, you know? Sure. I'll, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> I'll let you know. Yeah, no, when I come home, it's, it's a big deal. When I come home, it's, it's, a, it's a really big deal. Like my mom already got like my stuff for my morning smoothies, like it's a, it's, it's a really big deal. When I, I want to come to your house. It sounds like they oh. welcome, they'll welcome me. <laughs> oh no. Like I remember when I first, I remember when I first, I moved out and then I came back to Jersey because I booked a job and we were shooting something in New York. So I was like, cool. I'll just do like literally two days in, yeah. in Jersey. 
I was like, okay, cool. Perfect. Whatever. So I wrap on Friday. So then I'm like, listen, I fly out Sunday, midday. I'm like Saturday. I'm like, I had the whole day in Jersey. I'm tired. I've just, I've been shooting a show. Yeah, no, it's fine. I just invited a couple people over a huge fucking party that Saturday of every person I've ever known. They're like, we miss you so much. I'm like, three months. There's t- there's some new people that I've gone longer seeing right. without seeing. Yeah. That's cute. I like that. Um, no, I can't complain. They're they're all lovely humans. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. Again, I, I follow your Instagram. I'm like, your family seems great. They seem like so much fun. You know, I've seen you guys. You guys go, like, go on vacations together still, right? That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, last year I we I actually I flew them to Miami super last minute because I was like, well, fuck it, why not? Let's go. And they get because like they were I was just gonna have it just be them, but the second I said maybe I'll go, they're already like, please come, come, come. Like you'd think they'd want to get away by themselves. No, they would rather like beat up my fucking ass the whole time. And they and they love it. Oh, I love it. So talk to me about your hosting gig because we met and then I was like, I, I loved you. And I was like, oh, my God, we like do the same kind of stuff. We host, but we do comedy, but we act, but we, you know, pitch shows and whatnot. So when did you start getting into hosting? So that happened. I think I was like, yeah, I was like 24. You know, I graduated college, you know, mm-hmm. bar admits thing. Um, <laughs> before that, I was like modeling and shit, too. Um, but then I a friend of mine randomly was like, Hey, can you do me a favor and interview this DJ outside of this club for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And it happened. And we had like this super organic, like dope moment. And then I just had the moment of epiphany, like, Oh my God, duh, stupid. You should be a TV host. Mm -hmm. And then literally, I think like, you know, maybe a couple months later, I like took a class and that was really it. It was just like one little gig to another gig to networking, to meeting this person. And, you know, I'm still making it happen. I love it. No, but you always, you'll post like throwbacks. I'm like, you've interviewed some like big people over the years, like at premieres and stuff I've seen. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I've, I've interviewed like everybody and their grandma. I've had, I've interviewed really, really, really cool people. I can't, I've, yeah. Do you have a favorite? Do you have any favorites? I'm not going to ask you for the bad ones. You know, you can tell me that off air, but the favorite. I've actually only had two bad ones. Um, <laughs> favorites. I mean, Manny Pacquiao is great and he's like a living legend and I love boxing. So he's cool. I mean, cool. Always one of my favorites because he's one of my favorite humans. Chris Rock, I've interviewed him a bunch of times and he's been my favorite comedian since I was a little girl. So he's dope. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. These are big names. Mm-hmm. She ain't. Yeah, there's, I've, I've interviewed a bunch of really just like nice people. Like they're just genuinely nice. Mm-hmm. That's good. I've met celebrities a lot. I mean, I've interviewed some people, but I've, I love meeting them in restaurants because then you really see if they're nice or not. You know, they're not trying to impress you with an interview. They're yeah, yeah, themselves. Yeah. And you're like, wow, terrible human being. <laughs> um, probably some of the nicest people that I was like, we can make out after this is the Irwins, you know, like Steve Irwin's. Yes. Guys. Yeah, they are. Wow. I love that you told them you, we, we should make out after this. All the Irwins. <laughs> They are perfect humans. Like they see me in anything I've seen them in. Oh my God. They're so one. Actually, before I did the interview, I had to like get my crying out because I just get really emotional thinking of Steve Irwin. Oh yeah. I had to like, to like get all my crying out because even like when I would bring it up, I would get like teary eyed and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable. I remember sitting on my couch and it was rec- it was in the pandemic, I think. And I was on Twitter and I, I yelled out. I was like, Bindi had her baby. <laughs> Jared's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, it's so nice. You know, they're, they're so nice. And she's so happy. And, you know, good things for good people. <laughs> for sure. For sure. 
<sighs> That's really funny. Um, all right. So you moved to L.A. to pursue acting? I assume, comedy? Actually, oh, you did? Yeah. I, ne- I literally decided like maybe two weeks ago, I was like, maybe I should really delve into acting because I never really pursued it professionally. Like I mm-hmm. would book a couple things here and there just because and like commercials and stuff. So now I'm going to start doing that. So like, okay, cool. Next time we talk, I'll be an actress. But I moved to LA to be a TV host mm-hmm. and specifically to have like a food show. That was like the dream, right? Yeah. Um, which you landed in a pandemic, which is the craziest thing ever. Yeah, it it is actually. Fucking it's crazy. so fun though. I've seen some clips of it uh, and it's, it's great. Like you, did you pitch this show? Like, did you create it? I didn't, which most people think because it's so on brand for me that I pitched yeah. it. No, long story short, what happened is last December. Um, no, not last, I guess two Decembers ago now. Yeah. Um, I'm on the way to Jersey, but somebody tagged me, um, in a post that was like, Hey, looking for a TV host that's comfortable with food for a show on Fuse. So two people had tagged me mm-hmm. and I'm the director of the show who was looking for someone. I emailed him my shit. I was like, you know, here's my reel. This is all the stuff I've done. And literally... I talked to him on the phone. I didn't even audition. As I'm flying to Jersey to be with my family, I get the call that I booked it. I booked pretty much like the pilot. It was like three episodes just for YouTube. And then it got picked up. And that's what I shot during the pandemic. That's so cool. I didn't even even audition for it. I just sent over my reel. I told him like, bro, I got this. Like, yeah. I love it. I've been, I've been pitching a food show. I've been like obsessed with food. I worked in fine dining for seven years. So like I knew how to cook everything, but I didn't really cook until, aside from soups, I didn't cook until the pandemic. I was like, I don't have the time. I, Cause I didn't, I would do stand up at night and I do shit in the day. And I was like always kind of out. And then you're home and you're like, I guess I should make a perfect steak tonight. You know, I guess I should do that. <laughs> well, I know I, when I think of you, I think of soup. Yes, of course. Yeah. Which is more of a compliment than you would think. <laughs> that sounds like a weird thing to say. When I think of you, I think, of <laughs> I, think I, I take it as a, as a huge compliment. I love making soup. And so do you. You make a lot of soups. God, I love soup. I love soup so much. I could have soup every day. Me too. Every single day. I did 10 on camera in the pandemic. Actually, I have more, but I didn't edit them. But I did 10. I was like, 10 feels good. Like, I'll stop after 10. But there are others that could come out if I really wanted. But yeah, it's just fun to do. It takes a while. It's like it's like therapy, right? At the end of the day, you're like, oh, no, locked cooking is extremely is extremely therapeutic, especially during the pandemic when there wasn't a lot to do. It was something that I could focus on, that I can plan out, you know, I can execute. And it really yeah. is therapeutic for me because it's, it's art, like I don't really follow recipes for the most part. Mm-hmm. I might pull some to be inspired, but I love playing and not knowing what's going to happen. Like it's very therapeutic. For yeah. Me. That's how I do it too. I'll Google like what I want to make or like, I'll look up like pea soups and then I'll be like, Oh, okay. I, I'll do my version now. Like I, I get what you need for it pretty much. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's probably how all cook, all chefs cook at some point. Right. Where they're like, I need to be inspired. Yeah, of course. Or just like, sometimes like I'll be like, okay, so I have lemons and I have scallions and I'll just type in lemon scallions and then see what comes up and like, oh, I I also have leeks or whatever. So I wanted to know with Struggle Gourmet, how much did you, did you get to like pick the meals out and stuff because you are an amazing chef? Like, were you involved in that process? Cause that was was a little, but not, um, I was excuse me, I was involved in it a little, but not a hundred percent because we had to 
we had to make sure that we had access to the ingredients and like specific celebrities only ate specific things. So like there was a lot of back and forth, but I definitely gave my creative as much as I could, especially with like, we had like a rice and beans episode. I was like, no, no, hold up. Right. We got to make sure we do this right. (laughs) I will be butchered if we don't do it right. But we had an an amazing food stylist on set um, who really worked so hard. Your set also looked so beautiful. Like that was... You know, it was like, and it was shot cool. It was like, it was very cool. Yeah, they did a really good job. Um, but the food styles had a really hard job, man, because on my show, we cooked two meals. We cooked the original struggle meal and then the mm-hmm. elevated bougie version. Yeah. So you have to do each episode is two different things. And like the bougie one is not easy to execute because part of what makes it bougie and gourmet is not just like how much it costs, but like the process of how to make it. So, right. It was, it was shooting, even just shooting one episode. It was a lot, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work for sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I hope you get to do more of them because it's Well, it wasn't greenlit for a third season, but no, I don't care. I don't. It's It's okay. On to the next, right? And that's just how I feel. I'm ready for on to the next. And I feel that every day. (laughs) I want to, yeah, I want to like. I mean, I'm still, I know I'm still going to do more like food kind of stuff because people love it. Like literally I'm moving into a new apartment next week and I'm going to start redoing more food content because people mm-hmm. really like it. Um, but I do want to start moving more into acting and in the scripted world because it's something yeah. that I always like, no, this isn't for me. I'm more unscripted. I want to be myself. But now I'm like, no, maybe I want to act. Yeah. I feel you. I go through like phases where I like want to focus more on one thing. Like I just wrote a new pilot because I was like, you know what? I haven't written in a while, like something fresh. And so I just was like, that's how I get it out. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to write a new pilot that's scripted. That's not real. That's a fake story I make up. It's fun. That's so cool. Yeah, I I definitely want to do that, Um, which is scary because it's like this because as much as I've been in the industry for what, 10 years now, um, that's not the same thing. Like scripted yeah. two completely different worlds. So different. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to dip your toes in both because I think the more marketable you are, the better off you'll do. Like you could get up, you know, and do an unscripted show. And you could also be like, actually, I can be in this movie. I can write a movie. I can do whatever you need. And that's the thing is you can do both, especially when you have like you, like a comedy background. Why the fuck? Yeah. Host the show. I'll make yeah. it great. Yes. Well, if you ever need a pilot class, I have a couple people like who I love who did it over Zoom because I took another class just because I need someone I need to pay for a deadline or else I will sit on it for months and be like, yeah, I'll get to it tomorrow. You know, today I'll make soup. So today I'll make soup. (laughs) Um, Well, that's definitely good to know. Oh, yeah, of course. Wait, I want to know real quick about the restaurant. So you you drop it. She's like, and I co-own a restaurant in, you know, in New Jersey. (laughs) Tell me about this. Like, was this so, a family uh, business or so what What happened was I was 25 and my dad kind of approaches me to be like an investor. He's like, listen, I, you know, we've always talked about wanting to open a restaurant. Um, I found this place and I, I need money. Like he just really wanted me to just be an investor, like really to borrow money. Was your dad in the restaurant industry? Like, no, always? my dad was an illegal dentist <laughs> growing up and then opened a bodega and then opened a laundromat. <laughs> no, no one is more random than my father. Whoa, really? That's... <laughs> Yeah. Pretty, yeah. We should interview your dad. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Will he come on? Yeah. He's, he's far more entertaining than I am. Um, doesn't no. look at, he Both would have not been a reader at Abercrombie and Fitch, but you know, <laughs> anyway, uh, no, it's just one of those things that we always, it was kind of like, 
I'd like to have a restaurant. You know, we're Cuban and we, we, we're, we're a family of foodies. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, my dad asks me, and this is right at, this is right after I kind of decide to be a TV host. And right after I decide that I want to focus on food because right. at the time was like, you know, you need to have a niche, right? Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, I was like, well, I can make my dad really happy and I can kind of solidify myself in the food space mm-hmm. and I'm fucking nuts. So sure, dad, take half my savings. Let's open a <laughs> restaurant. And um, the first month was, I don't think I've ever had more anxiety in my life. Oh God. Yeah. It's that's hard to do. Yeah. Especially when you worked one day at a restaurant and for three <sighs> hours and then quit. <laughs> Um, but bro, we, we made five years in January. We're done better than we ever have. My Congrats. dad. Thank you. I'm so, I'm so, 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 so proud of my parents. Cause now my, my mom didn't work there until mm-hmm. ago. Now my mom works there. My sister works there on the weekend. Um, and I'm just so proud of my dad because he never gave up and we're killing it. Like literally the past, like four weekends, he calls me and he's like, we, you know, we beat our record of, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's me, awesome. I want to go to your family's restaurant. Are you in oh, New York yeah. or New Jersey? It's in Jersey. It's in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Do you like work there ever? Or Well, yeah. Whenever I'm back home, oh, whenever cool. I'm back home, I'm literally always there as much as I'm like, I just want to not be here, but my parents <laughs> love it there, of course. Um, and I've, it, I've worked on my anxiety because for a while I would go there and get the worst bro because it's fast paced yeah really really fast paced and I cannot stress enough um that's not your money is put into it it's it's not like you know (laughs) it's not like fast paced like oh I want I hope everything goes well today it's like I've helped put this together it has to go well well that's the thing too is it's my name is attached to it that's Mm -hmm. how it was beginning now like I mean if you you know we have really great reviews and we have such good customers we have such great customers I'm so 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 grateful and now it's just like, when do I open one in LA? Because it, I, I'm sure it <gasps> inevitably happen. Because if I once a week minimum, people are like, you need to open one in LA. What's it called? Cha cha cha. Cha cha cha. That's such a good name. I love that. Cha 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 LA. I see it. I see it. I will be your best customer. I love Cuban food. It's so good. Thank you. Yeah. And it sounds corny, but all our food is made with like so much love. Like my dad is, my parents are both really into it. My dad is such a passionate person. Like, He'll talk to you about a Cuban sandwich like he gave birth to it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, even when you show up to my restaurant, like on the TV is like my my shows are on, my interviews are on. It's it's. it's that's so cute. They show you off. They show you off at the restaurant. That's putting it mildly. Like, I can't tell you how many times I'll go to my restaurant and people are like, oh, my God. You're the one. <laughs> your dad always shows me your videos. Do you have, like, a signed headshot, like, on, like framed on the wall? You know how when you go into a restaurant, yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. we've had famous people here. Everyone's headshot's, like, signed, like the palm. We have, um, <laughs> we walk in, though, you can, there's a picture of me, my mom, and my dad, because we were on the Food Network. We did a, a competition show on the Food Network, so that was, that's, that's, like, our cool thing. I love it. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I can't wait to go. I can't wait to meet you in person and to eat with you. I say that every time she posts food. I'm like, I need that spicy tuna crispy rice right now. Oh, I'm no. coming to L.A. Like, I, you don't understand. Sushi in New York is nothing compared to L.A. sushi. I will I will always say that. Yeah. Um, this was so much fun. We had a couple of, of unemployed show podcast related uh, questions that we wanted to ask you, you know, as a food expert. Right. 
Um, okay. So if you could pick, these are, these will be easy for you. If you could pick the best meal for when you're laid off or fired, what would you pick? It's super cheap, of course. <laughs> right? That's like the point. Um, could be anything. It could be anything. You could be like me and I'd be like, oh, I got laid off. Like I might as well spend my entire paycheck from last week on like, you know, a lobster dinner. Like, <laughs> so me, I would be like super frugal, which I already am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would probably have, so it's a typical Cuban dish. It's actually nicknamed comida de puta, which means whole food. I'll explain. Not, whole, <laughs> not to be confused with whole foods, whole foods, because it's fast, cheap, easy, and satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just white rice with a fried egg on top and fried plantains. It's like, so, mm. it's like comfort food. It's so filling. And the whole meal will cost you maybe a dollar. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And if you're laid off and want to become a prostitute, that's an option. Whole food. Whole food. Whole yes. Food. I will think of that next time I fry an egg. I'll be like, you know, it'll go well with this. <laughs> my ass okay <laughs> um wait what was the other one I had oh best meal for when you're celebrating like a promotion like what you got promoted at work uh it's, I mean the, totally seafood like lobster or something lobster and butter have that's my been my favorite food since I was a little kid I don't even need a side dish the side dish is butter I just want <laughs> lobster and butter me too I like you know when people are like you know what turns me on a seafood tower oh when I see a seafood tower especially now when you're like out everyone's out on the streets and you see these fucking towers on like a sidewalk where a bus you know used to park I'm like oh I want it I want it Ooh, crab claws Ooh, you know Mm. I'm bad at bar mitzvahs man if you had a raw bar I will Mm -hmm. fuck up the raw bar yeah (laughs) I will totally chance getting mercury poisoning at bar mitzvah Hell yeah, I would too. Are you kidding? I love raw bars. And I worked in a fish restaurant. I thought it would turn me off of raw bars forever. And I was like, no, I still love them. I'm still, I'm okay. (laughs) I'd like carry those out and be like, here you go. (laughs) Ice down my apron, you know. Um, Okay. Industry, go you. (laughs) What would you eat before an interview? What would I eat before an interview? Yeah, something. Oh, safe. like like I'm giving the interview. When you said interview, I thought like a job interview. Oh no, wait, wait yeah, which, job interview. Oh, a job, job interview. interview. Yeah, I'm like, who am I interviewing? <laughs> uh, okay, um, for a job interview. Um, this is like really bad, but I just I'm thinking tiramisu, and I'll tell you why. Because when I eat a lot of food, <laughs> so the, random. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. Because when I eat, I get really sleepy and lethargic. But tiramisu, which translates in Italian to pick me up. Mm-hmm. It has a pick me up because it has oh, coffee and yeah. it has chocolate and it has alcohol and it has sugar. So I'll have plenty of energy to impress my future employer. That wow, makes a lot very of sense, smart. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was that came out of nowhere, right? Very random, but also like, yeah, you totally explained it. Makes Ellen, sense. what would you eat before an interview? I was gonna say probably like a smoothie or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's they're like similar, honestly I'd I guess. eat like a little bag of goldfish and be like I'll eat after <laughs> and then I'd go in and be like <laughs> I'm starving <laughs> I'm yeah bomb you guys know tiramisu perfect perfect did we have any more oh I said best meal for like a lunch meeting or a dinner meeting because those are hard sometimes I've been in that situation where you're like out with someone you want to like work with or impress and you're like yeah. I want to order right you know um so. I feel like it's either two things. It's either one sushi because it's like little bites. So mm-hmm. I can, you know, I, I don't have to worry about stuffing my face or 
fuck it. I want to go to like a Peruvian place or someplace that I'm super knowledgeable about. So I can mm-hmm. be like, no, 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 you have to try this. You have to try this. You have to try this. So it's like an immersive experience where I'm like putting people onto food. Cause that's also, yeah. where I, that's where I, I thrive. I thrive in helping people try new, amazing food. Mm-hmm. That's great. Me too. Like when we go out to dinner with friends and stuff, I'm like, I'll order. Like I got anybody have any suggestions? I'll, I'll order for us because like I've been here or I know it or I love it just because I am a foodie born and raised. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's perfect. Sushi is honestly a very safe meeting food because everyone looks good eating sushi, even if it's your hand, even if it's, you know, if you don't use a chopstick, even if you grab something, I'm like, you look OK doing it for some reason. Little bit. Holding up a messy taco, if I'm like at a fucking me, I'll, like I'll like, I'll look, <laughs> I'll be a mess. I'll enjoy it more, but I'll be a mess. <laughs> Ellen, did you have any others before we end this lovely convo? Mm, no, I can't think of any others. But she can't think really of any others. Advice. Yeah, these were really good. I love it. Tiramisu, everyone. If you're going out for an interview, get hopped up on that cinnamon and ready. coffee sugar. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, where can everyone find you and see your content and your DMs of the week? Um, well, follow me on Instagram at Dariani Santana. Um, and then Twitter is it's Dariani. And then follow me on TikTok because it's a good time over there too. You know, if you're not already on TikTok, do it because you know. TikTok's I have fun. A fun place. TikTok's a fucking fun place. TikTok's it's not, fun. It's not just for the children. Be open-minded. Adults are on it too. No, I only see food TikTok because that's probably because I watch them all the way through. So that's all I get on my feed. Of is course, like, of course. That's, that's what I love about TikTok is that it is so intuitive. To, like the algorithm is like, I know you. Mm-hmm. You like conspiracy theories, you know, like it, 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 <laughs> yeah. Bronx TikTok. Like I get so much content from the Bronx. I'm not even, I don't, I'm not even there. But like it knows me. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Well, this was so fun. I'm so glad I got to talk to you. I can't wait to hang out in person. I'm not even kidding. When I'm in LA, I'm going to be like, we're going out for sushi. Take me to your places because you post the most incredible meals. Uh, I'm literally going to be like, please, I will eat lunch and dinner with you. And I full meals. I'm, I'm ready. I'm down. So thanks for doing this. Thanks for being on the pod. You're Thank the best. You me. Thank you guys so much. Um, I hope to see you at a bar mitzvah. I can't, I, I can't wait. Yeah. One day we will dance together at a bar mitzvah and you know, all those dancers, they'll look 13 years old and we'll be like, wow. Remember, remember when <laughs> the good old days. All right. That's it. That's another episode of unemployed guys. Make sure you go and listen to the other episodes. And if you want to see this beautiful video, sign up for our patreoncom slash unemployed podcast. And, uh, you know, throw us a sweet little rating. Those help a lot. You know what I mean? Give us a couple stars or more than a couple stars and write a little review and, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. now i just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has supported our patreon this is your shout out right here from me tons of love and if you haven't checked out our patreon all of our videos go up there sometimes i just write fun things because i feel like it and it's just a really nice way to support us at unemployed and you know so we can keep this thing going we do it for nothing we do it for fun we do it for you to listen to so definitely check out the patreon and right now huge shout out to our patrons bill horton chi of steel 
Hill, Danielle McCartney, Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, we got Joe Galati, Chris Arneson, Jordan Lucero, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, and Vic Terry. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us, and I appreciate you, and I see you, and I love you. 